Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Salas, and with me is my very, very talented friend who's magically delicious, the mixtress, DC Gina. <laughs> magically delicious. Exactly. Hi, Louise. How are you? I'm good. How are you? God, I should start reading these before we do the show, huh? No, half the fun is that you you, you don't even know these. Actually, they're never even in the notes. <laughs> I love to surprise you. <laughs> I mean, all right, I'm into it. I'm into it. I'll take magically delicious today. Good. Feeling good. that way. Good. Sure. So, speaking of magical, Gina, do you remember the NBC television series I Dream of Jeannie? I remember the reruns. Exactly. I Dream of Jeannie. Yes, of yes, course. Of course. So, well, it premiered in 1965, and for our listeners who don't know, it centered around um, astronaut Tony Nielsen, who was played by Larry Hagman. And um, his genie, named Genie, um, who was played by Barbara Eden. And, and like you said, we saw it in the reruns, right? But you might want to have these little facts the next time you go to your trivia night. You ready? Ready. Because <laughs> you know how often you play trivia. <laughs> so, if you remember correctly, Genie wore that cute little, those cute little costumes that were like a bar, uh, a yeah. bra-like top. And the little genie pants. Genie pants. Well, the crazy thing is, you know, she had that tight abs. Yeah. She was pregnant. She yes, she had one bun in the oven during the first season was of it? recording. That's the tiniest bun ever. Yeah, they would add veils to kind of start to try to hide the baby bump. But yeah, she was pregnant. Good lord. All right. And speaking of that same costume, it was considered a bit risque for the 1960s TV audiences. So there was an entire team dedicated, dedicated to strictly enforcing the no belly button show rule. Oh. Yep. Yep. That was their whole job. And now you can show butts on TV. Hey. But, but, but what's crazy is they had no problem with her cleavage, but not the belly button. I don't know. I don't know. So. Man must have produced that show. Imagine that. Of course they did. We know they did. <laughs> so, and then speaking of risque, of course, this show was considered a little controversial, which is kind of funny for us. It seems so vanilla. Um, and it's because Tony and Jeannie were not married, but living together. So they had a whole nother uh, morality squad, if you will, who had a set of rules about what they could and couldn't do. They, Tony and Jeannie were never in the bedroom alone together with the door shut, not even when she was pink smoke. And the other rule was that they couldn't film her going into the bedroom, but she could be filmed leaving the bedroom. I don't get that either. So... And the last one I think is kind of cool, and this is something that was new to me, um, and it's that I Dream a Genie was the last TV show to be filmed in black and white. Oh, really? Yep. The second season was filmed in color. I was going to say, I only remember in color. It was the second season because really the network didn't believe that the show was going to take off, so they didn't invest in color film. And so the first season, until it was picked up for the second season, the first season was in black and white. But it's kind of cool that it makes it... it absolutely the last of its kind. It was the last show on TV filmed in black and white film. So, so is our next guest related to either of these characters? <laughs> I mean, this is the craziest like, add-in ever. Go. So Gina, Gina, do you have any like lamps around in Last Call that we could rub and see if any magical beings pop out? <laughs> no. So I mean, that one I can read. <laughs> so if not, why don't we go ahead and bring on today's designated drinker, because she knows just a little bit about magic in a bottle. 
See how he tied that in? See, see, see. She is the founder of Aurora Elixirs, Victoria Pustinsky. I hope I got that right. Welcome to the show, Victoria. Welcome. Hi, Louise. Hi, Gina. Thanks for having me. Hi, how are you? Thank you for joining us. I was wondering where the genie story was going to. So did you watch I Dream a Genie? I did in rerun also. Yeah. <laughs> so um, why don't we jump right in here? Or tell us, what kind of magic do you have in this bottle? Well, um, we have two lines of products at Aurora. So we have our original flagship hemp products. So we make these um, delicious blended hemp sparkling elixirs. And then we have our hops drinks, which is our newest release. So rather than hemp, we swapped it out for hops, which... um, are kind of, we're bringing them beyond beer. So they're these beautiful, aromatic, flavorful, piney, citrusy plant extracts. And then we blend them with um, other botanical flavors and some pure organic cane sugar and make our hoppy elixirs. Awesome, awesome. Well, we have a little bit here to try, but before we get there, I'd like to find out, now, now uh, these are your words. I'd like to know what inspired a wine nerd to begin crafting sparkling whole plant infused beverages. You know, I spent my career in wine and spirits and, um, and I moved out to Oregon. So I'm from the East coast originally also, and lived and worked in New York for most of my life and career, and then moved out to Portland and worked in the wine industry here, um, in the Willamette Valley. And there's a lot of craft distilling and there's a lot of brewing and there's a lot of winemaking and all of these beverage industries are growing pretty rapidly. And when I came out here, it was right about when cannabis was getting legalized for recreational use. So that happened in 2016 or so. And um, and I just thought it was really interesting. There seemed to be an opportunity to bring um, beverage and cannabis together and cocktails and cannabis together. Um, especially it's like an agricultural product. I mean, knowing that so much premium cannabis and hemp has been grown in the Pacific Northwest along with wine and hops and a lot of the other ingredients that are used in the beverage industry out here. So I found that there was kind of a space and an opportunity to try to bring these two passions together and make something that was sort of akin to a cocktail aperitif experience, but using cannabinoids. We landed on hemp just because THC is such a challenging, it's just a challenging space to get into early on um, and discovered hemp as an ingredient and then found it, you know, I always really liked the way that cannabis smelled and tasted. And I found that a lot of the products in the market were just trying to mask it with like a lot of sugar or cola flavor or ginger or these sort of really dominant flavors where you couldn't um, taste or smell any of the plant ingredients. And it sort of reminded me of like working in the vodka industry where they're like always were pushing something that was odorless and tasteless, but knowing that there was a consumer that wanted to be able to di- differentiate the raw ingredients in those products. So trying to come up with something that would kind of fit in that space. So we were always kind of targeting a wine and cocktail consumer and what we're doing even in non-alcoholic. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really interesting. It, it definitely seems by doing that, you're hitting, you're really targeting um, a, a, maybe a, a newer 
demographic to it, maybe a slightly older demographic. Um, for me, especially, it's not anything that I, I don't know anything about hemp. It's never been a part of my world. You know, 20 years of military spouse. They say cannabis has never been a part of my space. So, but there is a, a, an interest, but there's a hesitation on my part. I could see how you could really start to break through that, though. Yeah, I agreed. Um, I, sometimes I say that I think our consumer doesn't even necessarily know that they're our consumer yet. Um, and I think that as people start to drink less, um, I mean, it's just there's an added awareness, right, around alcohol consumption now and knowing that during the past year and a half of pandemic life, um, especially women are found to be drinking a lot more alone and at home. And I think they're looking for um, not, and see, I, I try not to call it an alternative to alcohol. I call it an enhancement to alcohol because I think you can both mix it into a cocktail just fine. And I find like I drink alcohol and, um, and I don't want to remove that from my life entirely, but sometimes I'm like, well, instead of that third, let's just call it third, just for, <laughs> just to be safe, that third glass of wine or that third cocktail, um, I will go with an Aurora instead because it sort of helps me feel like I'm prolonging that drinking experience, but it's sort of like um, relieving a little bit of the negative effects at the end, at the end of the day or the next day. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. I totally agree with everything you just said about that, but I want to, but we just pour it. So we just poured your um, Mediterranean citrus and chamomile. And I have oh, to tell nice. you, okay. Right off the nose, it's like you could, you could smell the grapefruit pith, which is really kind of awesome. And I'm not really sure if it's like a stemmy after of um, hemp. But can you tell us a little bit like, so how do you make this? So, you know, people say hemp and they're like, oh, you know, you, you know everyone's nonchalant in the, in the liquid world. But a lot of people that listen to our show, you know, want to learn about it. So... What do you do with the hemp? So you get the hemp, you get the, you get the grapefruits. Like, what are you doing? You're steeping it. You're making it into a base. What's happening? So the hemp part, we'll start there. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. And um, this is, we did quite a bit of R&D really early on. So back to that like odorless, tasteless thing. So most people who make beverage, they don't want to taste the, the hemp ingredient in it. They don't want like a skunky or a weed smell or anything like association like that. So they literally get something that's been um, processed all the way to be this odorless, tasteless, um, water-soluble powder that just has CBD in it. And that's not a direction we've ever wanted to do. And that's something that that, that market has grown. So if you want to make a drink with CBD, you can buy, it's what's called CBD isolate. It has no flavor, no taste, and it can mix into water and add CBD. So you can have Sprite and add 25 milligrams of CBD just by like kind of agitating it. Um, we bought, we purchased raw extract hemp. So, I mean, I think more of like, it's almost like honey is what it looks like. So it crystallizes, it has this, and we have to heat it to temp to liquefy it. And then we create an emulsion using like natural gums, because which has actually been like knowing any cocktail history, you use like gum Arabic solution and sugar to, to kind of um, to help to disperse some of the other ingredients in cocktails. So it's sort of like an old school cocktail um, technique. 
we use a combination of a raw extract hemp oil, which is kind of like almost tar and a broad spectrum. So we have to make sure it doesn't have THC in it. So they do need to do an extract process, but it we, comes to us and it smells like piney and citrusy. And it has these really beautiful, dense and dank aromatics to them. We create the emulsion and then we blend it with water, sugar, and um, other natural botanical extracts. So we source like grapefruit extract and we look at, I mean, we look at them specifically where we want like white grapefruit, which is pithier than pink grapefruit, which tends to be a little bit fruitier. So we do lots of tasting of different ingredients and then kind of figure out what channel and how to blend them together. Um, And yeah, it really all starts around building around that raw hemp extract. So some of the flavors do come from, from the hemp. And we make our own blend and we source from a single farm in Oregon. So we only use Oregon grown extracts. Is there a sweetness already to the hemp when you get it like that? Or you're adding the sweetness to it? Is it just coming from the sugar? Because like if you're making like tequila, right? But is hemp itself in that form sweet? So we add sugar. It's really bitter. Really bitter. Because I want to tell you what this tastes like to me and the craziest thing ever. Have you ever smelled herb saint? Yes. Yeah. Right. So if you take herb saint and like you and you put herb saint and like um, any citrus together, kind of this mellowed out like funk, and like that's what this smells like, and it's like kind of delicious. Like you, I mean, it's not kind of delicious; it's delicious. But I love the smell. It's um, the aromatics on this is like really lovely, and I totally understand what you mean. But you know, a bartender might even say like now because like you've been doing this quite a while that you made a dankier version of it just because like, it's so acceptable. You know, people like love the idea of your THC drinks and your um, hemp drinks and all this, but I see, I could see there's a beauty to this. I also have it in a little coupe. So like, I feel like I'm drinking like a little champagne drink. And, um, you know, I think that sometimes perception of especially non-alcoholic cocktails these days, like I, I feel like if you're listening and, you're at home. There's no reason why you have to drink this over ice, right? You can keep this ice cold, pour it into your favorite champagne glass or coupe or your finer you know, glassware and use it because, you know, you're treating yourself, right? It's you're doing part something. Of the experience. Yeah. And you're doing something nice for your body. You don't have to like always, you know, you know, layer on the alcohol in order to like, you know, feel um, that you're imbibing. It's very lovely. I, it's very... Um, oh, thank you. I really wish I had a pair of white gloves. I sound so silly. I want a pair of like, little white gloves. And yeah. be like, <laughs> You know what? It's, it's funny you say that because my experience was it felt very delicate. Mm. And that's that. all the things you're saying is exactly kind of how I experienced it. And the word I used was delicate. But I mean, you know it's there. It's not like it's it's so light that you... It's You know it's there, but it doesn't like pound you in the face. I don't know how else to say it, but it just feels very elegant. I like it. I like yeah. the mouthfeel. It's... Yeah. It's, it's nice. It's beautiful. I feel like I don't want to. Um, mm. mm. Do you ever? So Victoria, do you use this with? Um, like, have you ever done like a? I don't know. Like Campari's with this, or like other aperitifs, and like did like a fifty-fifty or a quarter seventy-five, like anything like that. You know, I have not tried it, but I bet that that would um, that would work. I mean. Listen, when when we first started coming up with these formulas, like that's what I was drinking. I was drinking spritzes, 
with like I love Campari. I love Aperol. I mean, I like those. They're beautiful, bitter, citrusy, bright, balanced, and still kind of herbal. Um, in their diluted and sparkling form. I mean, they're so delicious. So we started like kind of dissecting those products and trying to figure out like what we could pull from them and and add back into a kind of bottled non-alcoholic cocktail. Um, and we're still working on fun things like that too. But um, I've never tried mixing it with them. I just always afraid of like this doubling the sweetness of it. Mm. But I bet there's there's a cocktail there somewhere. I feel like I was going to make one cocktail, which I gave everybody. And now I'm kind of like, oh. You know, the last time I checked, your name's on the show, Jaina. It's know, up to you. I'm feeling like we're going to change it up a bit. We're gonna you are one. in the bar. With all I am behind the bar. You, know, you think I would know anything was behind my bar, but I do not. i'm like always looking for something i'm like i don't know i don't work here and i'm just kidding so oh his one open i didn't know we had one open i have to try it with campari i feel like everything that we're doing it needs like a little i I need to try with campari let me get a little glass going here little ice and campari but i feel like a quarter ounce like not a lot like i just like a little a little shushing of it Shushing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a little zhuzhing. <laughs> we're gonna zhuzh it, and we're gonna. I just want to try it, and then we're gonna make the other cocktail that I, I definitely know works. I, I guess it's a two for episode. I guess it's a two for. There we go. We're gonna two for this one. Is that a real thing? Can I call it that? I'm gonna call it that again. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're gonna do quarter ounce, just a quarter ounce of Campari. We're just gonna touch this with Campari, and I don't really want it to be sweet. I just want it to have like this other like layer to it. And I think if it all works out the way that I think it is, it's going to make this a little bit more grapefruity. Oh, uh, um, yeah. That's, not a, that's a technical term. I was just going to say, is that a technical term? It is, grapefruity. <laughs> <laughs> it will make it pink, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I don't. I want to just try it. I'm like... There you go. I mean, it totally... Now, now just... Um, here, Victoria, we have like a little... Okay. I'm there. I do have Campari downstairs. I could probably mix it up. It's just like a, a hint. It's just a little, it just pushes that, that hempy, like, you know, you're talking about that, like, grassy tone. Oh, yeah. The mm-hmm. Campari just pushes it right out. It just elevates huh. the, like, but it's only a quarter ounce. So if you're at home, I'm not telling you to put it in half an ounce, an ounce, because it'll kill it. A quarter ounce, a quarter ounce. And that is, like, delicious. And use your crushed ice in your refrigerator. If you don't have a crushed ice refrigerator, get um, a mallet. Get a mallet and <laughs> a bag and just break up some ice. That is delish. All right. So let's do another cocktail. What do you think, Victoria? You feel like making another drink with your products? Sure. Yeah. So um, being that you're a West Coaster, I'm sure you'll appreciate the fact that stone fruit on the West Coast never seems to go out of style, <laughs> which, is, um, which makes me extremely jealous. Um, all right. So we have all these little cute and sticking with your theme, Italian plums. And they're teeny nice. tiny and they're a little bit better. Um, they're very ripe. So they have like, they're really, really juicy. And what we're going to do really simply is just juice this into a shaker tin. And I'm going to make two. So if you're making this at home, I would, you should see them. They're about the size of a, a crab apple. Yeah, it's going to take tiny. Um, 
squeeze them over the top, and you're gonna like just drop the whole thing in because it's not gonna matter. There is a pit, but it won't matter because we're just gonna strain this. And this color of these are super red. So if you can see that little juice, so delicious. Here we go. I know, it's getting all over my shirt. I was gonna say, won't that, be careful, you stain your clothes. Uh, that's why you wear black as a bartender, right? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's like, I don't think anybody that, that bartends in white, it's like, it's always comical to me. I'm like, how'd that shift go? All right, <laughs> so then we're gonna do that. So we're gonna put in the two plums and then we're gonna add, um, we're gonna add a, the juice of a lime. So we're making again two cocktails, so give me a second here. And I know that you say, well, it's grapefruit. Why wouldn't you just use grapefruit? Because lime and grapefruit together are a very nice little citrus dance, which I truly appreciate. I think a citrus dance. It is a citrus dance. It's a little, it's a little dance. I like that. Now, this recipe calls for a little bit of um, simple syrup. However, if you wanted to delete that for a long, dry drink, um, that might be really nice. And I feel like we might do that because... That's just something that it, it just, it's kind of calling to that. So, you know, grapefruit and tequila are a happy little marriage, right? Palomas, everyone's drank that before. We're going to go ahead and add um, a little bit of our tequila in there. Um, once, you know, I actually locate some, which whatever. You know, one day we'll find it. Uh, we're going <laughs> to add uh, two, we're going to actually add two ounces. So... Again, this is not a fully blown um, high acting cocktail. This is two ounces for two drinks, so one ounce for the cocktail, okay? Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's just a little bit. It's a little dancy, not so much. All right, so we're gonna add some <laughs> ice. Cap it. Such a beautiful sound. Oh, yeah. All right. So I've all said and done right, it's gonna taste delicious and it smells really good. And we're gonna pour this, I wanna show you. Can you see? There we go. I'm gonna pour this out and you get this really pretty base. You're not done, right? Cause you haven't added your product yet. So you're gonna pour that in for one and we're pouring it in for the next. And then we're gonna top it with the um, Aurora. And again, I'm using the grapefruit. And we're gonna, gonna put a little fun spin on it because my garden is blooming right now. We're gonna add a little bit of marigold to it. Yeah, to kind of really, again, go with that hempy, uh, danky smell. Marigolds are a fun way to garnish something like that because they have that same aroma to it. Yeah. Nice. Can you oh, eat Oh yeah, oh, can you eat marigolds? Yeah. Yes. Uh, if anybody should know them? anything about marigolds, being that you are Mexican and Day of the <laughs> Dead and chrysanthemum and marigold usage. Yeah, no, I, I've never used them for food. So here's a, little, here's a little trick, right? So if you're going to use the marigolds, you put the whole thing in, but here's what I really like to do. Take the bottom off, and sometimes it comes off really easily. Sometimes it takes a second, and you want to take out those little petals. And what you're going to do is you're going to just Aww. give it a little... A little, a little zuzzi. Petals, how pretty. Yeah. So it's got a little marigold on top. It's a little, it's really pretty. It's got the plum in it. You have the lime. We did not add the simple syrup. If you want to, you could add an ounce to this or half an ounce depending on how you like it sweet. I just really want to just enhance 
the flavor of the hemp and the grapefruit and the pithiness and the long and the dry of the dry. I don't think it needed the simple. Who am I? I'm the simple one. But this is so good. No. This is so delicious. So I like the... It's a plums. Yeah. Mm. It's earthy, light, refreshing. It's beautiful. It sounds amazing. So the plums, do they have red um, flesh or yes. the yellow yeah. flesh? So there are these, these little like Italian, like they're called Italian cherry plums. And they're really oh, tiny. Cherry plums, and okay. They're super, super um, bit. They're like really bitter skin. That's why you squeeze the skin in there. And it just, they're really lovely. And it's something that you can use as more regularly available as a black plum, but you'd only use half. These are really small. Um, I was just happened to be in Sonoma. So you, if you're in California right now, your stone fruit is still coming. You lucky, <laughs> lucky people. I, I, I'm telling you, the West Coast is just a plethora of beautiful fruits and vegetables all year. So if you live on the West Coast or if you're anywhere in the world where you can get it all the time, I say use it. Use it, use it, use it. Damn it. So where are they going to go to get this recipe, Gina? So you're going to go to designateddrinker.show for the recipes, how-tos, tricks, all of the tips, and what Italian plums uh, come from. I don't know. Well, what we'll also have there are links out to um, all of um, the Aurora elixirs. Um, so that way you can either find it on their website or if you just simply go to the show notes, it'll be right there as well. You won't even have to look too far. Victoria, you, d- you direct ship, right? Correct? Am I wrong? No. We do. Yeah, yeah you do. We direct yeah. ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So yes, yeah, this is a great holiday mix. You know what I mean? Like you get this for a holiday gift, send this to your friends. I think that's a good idea. I think it'd be really beautiful for brunch. I mean, it's like mm. perfect. Yeah, baby showers. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, when you're always yeah. looking for something to keep the mom like included. The yep. mom to be, I should Absolutely. say. Yes. I, I just, Our production I, manager is a mom-to-be. We're having a shower for her and trying all the non-alcoholic drinks. You know, it's a, you know, Victoria, it's, I, I have two children and like 100% when I was pregnant, all I got was ginger beers. Everyone's like, oh, would you like a ginger beer? And I'm always like, no. So I think that it would be a nice way to like introduce, especially if you're going out to a nice dinner or a restaurant, something like that, like to give an alternative. I mean, you can have hemp on your... I, forgive me, am I wrong? You can definitely drink this when you're pregnant. So, um, and if I somehow offended somebody about it, I'm sorry, but I would totally drink this while I was pregnant. And yeah. it's a nicer alternative. It makes you feel like you're having a cocktail. I love the idea yeah. of the alternative beverage market. I think it is smart and it's necessary. And especially going into like, you know, really people over the last like year and a half, two years have really you know, being home and stuff, you know, during this, this time of the pandemic has really kind of focused people on their health. Like, you know, what, what does healthy living look like to me? What does like a new job look like? What is, you know, you're drinking at home or entertaining. It doesn't have to be just, you know, laying on the cocktails. Unless you come to the Church of Ani House. And then yeah. I'm like, how many tequilas can you handle? <laughs> so let me, um, for, our, for our listeners, is there any mood altering benefits? Do, what would one expect? So I think everybody reacts to CBD and I'm going to include hops in that also because hops has also been used like it's part of traditional medicine as like a anti-anxiety and as a sleep aid. So, but everybody reacts differently to it. I mean, CBD is known or believed to have, you know, calming and relaxing properties, but depending on what it's paired with, you know, sometimes CBD drinks will have caffeine in them. So, um, and some of the aromatics are like a little bit more, um, reviving and refreshing. So I wouldn't say, you know, you're going to be 
put to sleep. And there's certainly no um, like psychoactive effect from it. So you're not going to get high. Um, Too and bad. it's not going to affect your, I know, right? It, uh, unless you want to, it makes a great pairing with other activities, but it's not going to affect your cognitive abilities. But it's more of like, I always feel like it makes me feel more in balance and like a little bit more settled in my body. Um, just takes the edge off and sort of that crank out of the neck and just kind of helps me relax. Um, you know, some formulations are made for before bed. Sometimes people say like the lavender, we have a lavender orange flavor. So lavender is kind of calming and soothing and paired with 25 milligrams of CBD. Um, it can be calming. And I, I would just say it takes the edge off sort of similar to a drink, but without any intoxicating effects. Nice. That's important for people to understand because it could be, for some, it might keep people from trying and we want to be able to break down that barrier. Right. Yeah. Introduce people yeah. to new things that are good for 2021, you. if you're not trying new things after being locked up in a house for a year, I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> try, try something new, everybody, because it really, like, it's... It's time. It's time to like break the mold of what you thought like was life and, and experience it. Sure. Absolutely. If, Absolutely. If nothing else, if nothing else you've learned in the past year, that's what you should know. Never know. You never know. I think this is wonderful. I'm excited for this. Thanks, Gina. When are you going to start distributing on the East Coast? <sighs> We're taking it one step at a time, but you can always go to our website and we'll ship to you anywhere. Um, so good. But hopefully soon. Um, and I really like what you said about it, just it feeling like a cocktail. I mean, I think that was the big learning for us and, you know, coming from the alcohol industry where it's like, you're always surrounded by drinkers and you're like, who are these non-drinking people that we should be talking to? But I think what people have said to us more often than not about our drinks, that like they don't feel left out of an of an alcohol or a cocktail consuming occasion. So it's like, it makes them feel included because it's not just like, oh, I'll have the seltzer yeah. or I'll just have the ginger beer or like, I'll have the Ar Arnold Palmer or whatever the like three NA offerings are. It still feels like special and inclusive. Totally agree. Totally agree. You are so correct though. Isn't it always three NA beverages? You could tell that you were like a psalm. Because like you're building a list and you're like, well, we're going to have iced tea and then there's Coca-Cola yeah. and then we're going to have a mo like a fake Moscow mule. And you're like, perfect. The NA yeah. beverages are done. Next, let's do the cocktail list. Totally. so funny. I mean, I have, I have a 10-year-old son as well who's like so conditioned from like living with me where we actually go out and he's like, and what are your NA offerings? That's what he asked. The yeah. <laughs> and they're always like Coke products. <laughs> it's crazy. It's. That's it. You know, it's so funny. I, I own, um, so I own Last Call in Washington, D.C. and a couple other bars, but we have non alcoholic drinks here. And people are always like surprised that we have like a non alcoholic beverage. I'm like, well, some people drive cars and other people don't drink. Yeah. And well, it's and okay. Then, and it's okay to even, to, to your point, up. Victoria, keep it, you can keep the night going. There's the idea of having a drink isn't to get bombed in most cases. I mean, well, maybe for some, but if you'd like to have a nice long night and not feel like shit the next day, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Might yeah. be out with your boss, you know? Mm, might be. Or on a date. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not a good look to like your first date. So it'll be like totally hammered. <laughs> You know? Oh, uh, well, maybe sometimes I haven't dated in ever. <laughs> <laughs> we dated once and then you got married. So there you go. 
I was 12. <laughs> and, yeah, pretty much child bride. You were a child bride. <laughs> he got me a donkey and three acres of land. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got your dad a donkey and three acres of land, and you just had to go live in like, the little. <laughs> All right, Gina, I think it's time. Oh, it is time. It is time. It is time. Okay, so Victoria, this is how we know if you ever listened to our episodes or not, because you have a final question. So in this day and age, everybody identifies themselves as something, and you might identify yourself with a female praying mantis because she's beautiful and she is incognito and she's close to the earth and she can't fly, but she can jump really, really, really high, right? (laughs) If you can identify yourself as an ingredient, whether it be for cooking or cocktails, what would it be and why? Oh my gosh, I should have been prepared for this. Um, I'm going to say it's, um, I'm just going to go quick on this one. I'm not going to overthink it. Um, I'm going to say it's an express of citrus oh. because it adds something very like surprising right up front off the bat. Um, and it's just sort of like, I don't know. I mean, now, now, I'm, now I'm like running into difficulties. No, I love it. It's like, it's kind of like, it's a little bit uplifting. It hits you right away. It's the most upfront part of it. And it's like, it's not pretending to be anything else. It's always just like right there. Splash. Express citrus. That is perfect. And you know why it's so funny? (laughs) I love that you did that because the aromatics of that are so, so spiritual. And I feel like to create this kind of like elixir, this kind of drink that you must have some kind of in, in tune with where you're, where you're at, you know? So that's very cool. I like, I love that answer. It's like more like kind of ethereal and airy and less like grounded and heavy. And that's, I would say, pretty much me. I'm I'm living up here in the air, not really grounded down there. Not long for this earth. I mean, that's, you know, it disappears. I love it. Not a potato, not a potato. (laughs) No, no, no root vegetables. But on that note, cheers. Thank cheers. you so much for your time cheers, and this beautiful cheers. drink. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate speaking with you. And I can't wait to try the cocktail and share it with our audience as well. Absolutely. Love that. Thank you. Thank you. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company that is dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers Bobby and Mike Carducci. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows. Your review helps our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.